The VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. The VO Meter is brought to you by VoiceActorWebsites.com Vocal Booth to Go PodcastDemos.com Global Voice Acting Academy and IPDTL. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 35 of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. So today we're talking about VO education. We've got some excellent gentlemen from Gravy for the Brain joining us in just a few minutes, and that's going to be Hugh Edwards, Peter Dixon, and J. Michael Collins to talk about some exciting developments that they have over at Gravy for the Brain. But before that, we're going to talk about our current events and questionable gear purchases. Yeah, it's going to be a great episode. Can't wait. Awesome. So first off, as we always do, current events. So what's going on in your VO world, Paul? couple of cool things. My latest audiobook is out. It's called Falls, and it's a supernatural thriller where uh, Samuel Branch tries to figure out uh, who abducted his friend's sister and how he can help rescue her with the help of some supernatural friends. So that was a lot of fun to do. It's the first in a series, and I'm looking forward to the next. You can find that on Audible or uh, Scribd or Downpour. Is that how you pronounce that? Scribd? <laughs> S C R I B D. Oh, scribed. That makes more sense. Scribed. <laughs> <laughs> or downpour anywhere you can download audiobooks. Please give that a listen. I was uh, pretty pretty happy with a, a coaching session I did last night, actually, that you hosted with Carol Monda at the GVAA, one of our fine sponsors. I actually did an excerpt from this book, and I wanted to see if the performance that was already out there was a good one based on Carol's opinion. She gave me the stamp of approval on, on my one character voice, so that was pretty cool to hear. And then another thing that's going on is my youngest son has been on fire lately. He's had several auditions, and tomorrow he has a live directed session with a client in New York uh, about a podcast that he's doing. So that's going to be ridiculous. He's actually done it once before, but it wasn't this long. The piece he did before was a little like 30-second um, explainer. Now he's doing sort of an episodic read where he plays a character, and it's going to be interesting to see how he pulls it off. So I'm going to be outside the booth with the headphones on and helping to direct him while he's also being directed via phone patch by the director of New York. So I'm pretty excited to see how that turns out. Man, that's incredible. You must be super proud. Yeah, well, not yet. We'll see how it goes tomorrow. <laughs> not yet, yeah. Uh, I'm well, super nervous and then hopefully super proud. Yeah, I'm super proud of him for at least getting getting the job booked and... It's going to be fun to, to have that happen tomorrow. And the last thing I want to mention is a couple of e-learning gigs I picked up. So we probably, we talked about this before, but there's definitely peaks and valleys in this industry. I got to tell you, I was feeling pretty down in the beginning of this year because there wasn't a whole lot going on. Just weeks on end with me finding no work at all coming in the inbox. And this past couple of weeks, I, I've started to pick up the e-learning again, which is a, is a welcome surprise. So some are repeat clients, some are new, and some are clients I have talked to over a year ago that have contacted me again for another job. So it just goes to show if you're patient and you're good and you know what you're doing and you've done your marketing, those things will come back to you in spades if you, if you look out for it. So that pretty much wraps up what's going on with me. What's happening with you, Mr. Daly? Well, uh, the same 
uh, monthly grind, keeping my e -lear or repeat e-learning clients happy. Um, got some lucrative auditions, no major projects that I can talk about yet, but I'm still staying positive. We've got some huge changes coming over to uh, GBAA, to Global Voice Acting Academy right now. We're actually kind of doing a bit of an overhaul over our membership program. We're kind of changing the benefits that are offered with each tier because we realized we didn't have sort of a recorded content package for people who might not have a uh, either the budget or the schedule to to get regular coaching. So we wanted to provide a membership that uh, called our VO Basic membership. It's going to be released sometime next month in March, where it's all of our recorded content, like everything from, because we record all of our coach-led workouts, our peer-led workouts, our Elevation Q&A webinars. So it's literally hundreds and hundreds of hours of just uh, performance feedback, of industry questions being answered by industry professionals. And I'm really excited about that. And on top of that, we kind of just honed our other membership tiers and tried to make them a little bit more affordable and kind of pack as much value into each one as we can. So we're really excited about that. Like I said, it should be launched sometime during mid-March around that time, definitely before VO Atlanta. And uh, if you guys are actually going to be at VO Atlanta, we will be presenting in the exhibit hall. So you should definitely come and say hi. And uh, if you've never heard of us or you want to learn more about us, come bring us your questions. We'd love to ask, or we'd love to talk with you all right cool excellent stuff looking forward to that um anything else going on yeah actually um i'm really excited because it's in or every march in seattle it's our emerald city comic con and this is actually the first year that i got a pro badge as a professional voice talent to actually spend some time interviewing some of the guests that they have there so they have a they have a huge number of voice acting guests. I, I have no idea how I'm going to fit it all in, but they have the entire or almost the entire cast of Critical Role. The um, uh, their tagline is basically a bunch of nerdy ass voice actors playing Dungeons and Dragons, and so it's got <laughs> great people like Matt Mercer, Marisha Ray, Laura Bailey, and Travis uh, and Travis Willingham, Talis and Jaffe, Sam Regal, and Liam O'Brien. Are all going to be over in uh, in Seattle talking about Critical Role and their individual careers. But on top of that, they also have even more voice talent coming from like uh, Will Friedle. He was um, Batman, or excuse me, he was Terry McGinnis in the Batman Beyond cartoon, as well as Lion O in the uh, the revamped Thundercats cartoon. Lion O. Lion O. Snarf, snarf. <laughs> not not the original one, but um, right. the the remake. And then uh, who else do they have? They have James Arnold Taylor, one of my all-time favorite uh, voice actors, as well as Vanessa Marshall. Uh, and they're going to be talking about some of the recent Star Wars um, cartoons that have come out. I mean, Rebels, Clone Wars, all that stuff. So I'm curious. I have some of my own questions planned, but if there are any that you guys are interested in, let me know. And I will definitely try and, uh, and field those questions for you. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to take lots of pictures and video and photos and should be a lot of fun. Cool. We'll have to play back some of that on the uh, on the podcast when you get back. Most definitely. What are the dates on that? Uh, so that's going to be March 14th through 17th. Oh, wow. So you're backing that. You're going to that and then going right into VO Atlanta. And then VO Atlanta two weeks later. It's going to be a crazy month. <laughs> wow. Okay. I hope you guys have a lot of frequent flyer miles. Well, I guess you'll be driving to <laughs> Emerald uh, Comic Con, right? Yeah, that's not going to be an issue. We, uh, My girlfriend and I actually got a nice little vacation home just like 10 minutes from the event. So we're just going to like Uber over there and back. Wait, got a um, vacation home? Like an Airbnb or you bought a house? Oh, I wish. <laughs> It'd be nice to buy a house, but no, we just we rented a vacation home. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> for a second there, I was like, wait a minute, when did you buy a house and move in together? <laughs> Should have said that in current events, I guess. But Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. We'll look forward to that and in the next, uh, next couple months. Thank you. Yeah. So we have a, a brief discussion on questionable gear purchases right after these words from sponsor Global Voice Acting Academy. How many times has this happened to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on, not unlike this one, and this guy starts talking, not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking, not unlike myself, and you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist, because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. So thank you so much to Global Voice Acting Academy for being a sponsor of this podcast and my employer. So up next we have... Questionable Gear Purchase. Yes, and what would the show be without one of us doing something stupid? So (laughs) I'll start this time. I bought an Apogee Duet Firewire. And if you're a fan of the show, you'll know this is not the first time I bought this. But I <laughs> found a good deal on Facebook Marketplace, which I never used before. But um, I'm actually kind of liking it. I, actually, uh, I bought a desk for my son on there, too. And I found this Apogee Duet Firewire, the original, the silver one with the white breakout cable, for 60 bucks, and I just couldn't resist. I wanted a backup interface anyway, something that could, could plug multiple things into, maybe to do the podcast on the road. I had been using the, the Yamaha AG06, but I now was using that for my main interface, so I wanted something where I could plug in multiple uh, inputs for the podcast. So I bought this, and I'm liking it a lot. I'm using it now, and it sounds pretty good. I can't, can't really complain about the sound at all. And it has the other added feature, which is the remote the remote monitoring and remote control of the the mixer, the Maestro software. So, as some of you know, my editing area is outside the, the booth, and I don't have control of the interface when I have it out there. So, I actually moved the AG06 in here for a little while. I swapped the mic cables all out, and then I spilled water all over the booth. Oh, no. I managed to avoid the interface, but... It scared the Jesus out of me enough that I said, okay, I'm going to get this out of here because I know I'm going to spill something else in here. And mm-hmm. that's probably a good idea. But then I couldn't control the, the headphone monitoring. And I couldn't control the mic inputs when I was doing that. So I, I swapped it back out and put the duet back out at the editing bay. And I can control the volume inside the booth. So that was my crazy reason for doing it. But like I said, it, it sounds good. And in the process... I actually may have stumbled on a new way to find work because I, <laughs> yeah. I inquired with engineers. <laughs> right. So I inquired with the, the person I bought it from. I, I saw that he had a, a website that had the word studio in it. I can't remember what it was called now, and I probably shouldn't give out anyway because then you all bother the poor guy. But I noticed it had the word studio in it, and I said, hey, what do you do for a living? And he said, I run a, an audio production studio. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Do you know what I do? And I told him, and he said, Awesome. So maybe we can do something. 
So I found a new way to search for leads. Just buy stuff and then contact the person you're buying stuff from. <laughs> oh, so that's my story for this episode. Have you done anything crazy, Sean? Well, I don't have any questionable gear purchases, but I did want to talk a little bit about travel rigs because I know a lot of voice actors are traveling at this time of year. So mine is, it's changed over the years, but now it's fairly simple. So I use the uh, the Vomo as my acoustic solution. I know it uh, it is pretty large. I wouldn't recommend traveling or flying with it because unfortunately most... Um, most planes have changed like the sizing requirements for carry on for true carry-ons and um after a few after checking it a few times i can tell that as durable as it is it wasn't necessarily meant for that so uh but if you're just traveling driving around the uh those kind of trips it's absolutely perfect for that just leaving it in the trunk but anyways so on top of that i have my uh my new mixer face and my 416 and a little um desktop stand that I have in that and I absolutely love the mixer face because of all the different ways that I can connect it inside uh, the vocal booth if I want to so I can either have it plugged directly into the 416 I can have it going into a cable if I'm trying to separate it from my computer or something like that and on top of that I can either save or like I can either record directly to the mixer face because it's got a little SD card in it I can either or I can even do that in addition to recording to my uh, my iPhone or my iPad or my or my laptop so it's just I absolutely love how versatile the unit is and it as long as it's charged I have a whole bunch of different options that I can use it with so like I said I don't I often say that my travel rig is probably more sophisticated than most people need, but it gives me the confidence to pretty much record anywhere, and I don't have to worry about having a consistent sound. I myself was traveling, I was house-sitting for a friend of mine, and I was comparing the tracks with my stuff at home. I didn't notice a difference at all. It was pretty amazing. And so hopefully that says good things about the the Vomo rather than bad things about my studio, but it was really (laughs) nice knowing that I had that kind of consistent sound that I could rely on. That's awesome. Incidentally, I was at the vocal booth to go warehouse yesterday in their offices, and they told me they're coming out with a new version of the Vomo, some some new and improved Ooh. features. I don't know what they are yet, but um, Stephen Coghill, who I spoke to out there, was pretty excited. Very, very cool. And the interesting thing about my previous Vomo, so when I got it, it was like their 2.0 version, and at one point they actually sent me their their updated model, uh, the 3.0 with the acoustic hood and all that. And I didn't realize, uh, but they didn't really give me any instructions, so I didn't know how to attach the acoustic hood to it. Um, but I found out that even my previous model had the appropriate um, loops and stuff like that on the unit to connect the acoustic hood. So I thought that was some very forward thinking on uh, on Jeff's part on on creating that product. He had a very clear idea of where he wanted to take it. So... I thought it was, a, it was a little bit of added value. It was cool to know that they were still compatible. So speaking of Vocal Booth To Go, they are one of our fabulous sponsors. And if you're not familiar with the company, they create patented acoustic blankets that are an effective alternative to expensive soundproofing. They're often used by vocal and voiceover professionals, engineers, and studios as an affordable soundproofing and absorption solution. They make your environment quieter for less. So thank you very much, Vocal Booth to Go, for being one of our glorious sponsors and one of my favorite uh, portable acoustic solutions. So up next, we have our interview with Gravy for the Brain founder, Hugh Edwards. Okay, everybody, welcome to the interview portion of the VO Meter. Today, we are pleased to welcome an award-winning voice director and casting director. 
He has worked on over 200 games, films, and television shows, including Harry Potter for Connect, Fallout 3, Elder Scrolls 4, and Oblivion. He's also a BAFTA judge, and you know what? He's also a mean drummer. So please join me in welcoming CEO and founder of Gravy for the Brain and High Score Productions, Hugh Edwards. Welcome, Hugh. Hello. How you all doing? I'm great. I'm fired up on tons of coffee. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm on the Diet Coke, so I'm getting there as well. Good. Wonderful. Well, we wanted to start off, Hugh, by telling us a little bit about how you got to where you are now and being the CEO for Gravy for the Brain and how that got started. Sure, yeah. Um, okay, so originally, I mean, my, my, my main kind of, I suppose, my job title originally is that I'm a, I'm a voice director, and that's, that's kind of how I got into this caper. Um, I always had um, a, an artistic and theatrical flair when I was younger, and then um, I, I ended up, funnily enough, uh, starting a company with my best friend, um, a guy called Jeremy Paul Carroll, um, back in 2002, I believe it was, um, which was doing music for, um, for computer games. And that became very successful, and we did pretty well there. And um, then this uh, this games company came to me, and they said, "Listen, you do dialogue, right?" And we went, "Yes." Um, and uh, so we we then got given this first dialogue game, which was a, a snooker game with um, a UK snooker world champion called Steve Davis. Um, so I went and got some more directorial training, and went back to sort of theatrical roots. And um, the rest, in terms of my voice production and voice direction is kind of history. Um, I did a lot of games in a very short time. I mean, at one point we were doing sort of 40, 45 games a year, something like that. Um, wow. it was, it was just a massive, yeah. I, and, and on top of that promos, um, theater, um, and, um, radio clips and all the kind of things that go along with voice production and then moving into corporate of course as well. But my, at the time my love was, was gaming. And then one day I was actually a producer on a, on a film, uh, a film called Little Big Men. And it was uh, it was quite a cool film because it was it was about these five kind of it was for kids. Right. And it, it was about these five kind of uh, gangsters um, who in a sort of caperish, uh, muttly kind of way, um, ended up getting caught by the karma police and then shrunk into children. And the, the, the funny thing was, is that the children kept the voices of the adults um, and their their kind of goal throughout the film was to get, you know, uh, put back to real size and the karma police didn't want to let them do it the long and the short of it is it was a very low budget film and when i when i say low budget i'm not talking kind of hollywood low budget like a million you know we're talking sort of five grand you know it was it was really low wow um so we ran out of budget very quickly and we finally needed to get a voiceover done and we had no money left so i called up one of my friends um uh, one of the, one of the UK's best um, radio drama producers, a guy called Neil Gardner. And I said, listen, I need a voiceover. Um, can you help me out? And he said, well, there's always Peter Dixon and he'll kind of do anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I rang up Peter and, and Peter agreed to come and do it. And in actual fact, he paid to work on the project because he paid his own petrol to our studio. Um, and this was, I mean, this this kind of goes to show peter's temperament that this was at the height of his x-factor career you know it was prime time he was working on absolutely everything and he seriously didn't need to do this at all but he just came and did it out of the love of doing things like this you know so he came and did the film and then maybe a month later um i i got a game which was a, a national geographic game and i then 
kind of gave Peter a role in it as a thank you for, for doing the other thing for free. And on the way up to that thing, um, my girlfriend at the time was saying, oh, why don't you get him to record us um, a, a telephone um, uh, answering machine message? Because he's got such a distinctive voice that, I mean, the, the, your US counterparts may not know it, but in the UK, it's like a, a household sort of voice, you know. Um, so we got him to do that. And I thought to myself, well, if I want it and if she wants it, then someone else is going to want it. So we started up this business, which was called My Ruddy Voice which effectively was like a concatenated... I mean, it was like early TTS, I suppose, but it was it was creating things where it would say, you know, Paul, it's your birthday, in that kind of way, and, and the Pauls would <laughs> all pleasant. be recorded. We'd, yeah. yeah that was that a pretty good impersonation, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and that... that that kicked off and was amazing and then within two or three weeks totally flopped as we realized that the world didn't want ringtones anymore but it led us to a liquid lunch and this liquid lunch was when we were talking about games and game voice and all that kind of stuff and from that lunch we basically worked out that at least in the uk at the time and remember this is back in now sort of 2005 or something like that um there were very very few people doing uh, voice work in gaming and, you know, uh, two or three pints later, we, we set the world to rights about why that was, which was basically that all the people who knew how to do it knew how to do it. And everybody else who didn't, I was having to train in front of Electronic Arts and Sega and Square Enix and all these all these people. And so we decided to do something about it because it was a bit embarrassing, you know, but embarrassing not only for us of having to train people, but also for the voice artists who should know how to do all that work. But it was in the infancy of gaming, and so we, we started this workshop. I think the first one was 2006. And that was, although we didn't know it, that was the beginning of Gravy for the Brain. So we then decided to do an online version of that in 2008, and that exploded around the world with the Voice for Beginners course. And we kind of didn't really look back from there. And then in 2013, we thought, this has just grown to be a monster we're actually going to have to create a formal business around this so that's when we incorporated and we incorporated then with version one uh, and we've just released our version five platform uh, a few days ago well congratulations it sounds like a well-deserved <laughs> rise to the top yeah it's fantastic i love that story about peter and we're going to actually talk to him in a, in a future interview and mm. his, his attitude is just so down to earth and so so great that you've seen you've probably seen those yeah. auditions you mentioned People may not know his voice as well in the, in the U.S., but he's the equivalent of, of the audition request or the, the voice match for Morgan Freeman so or Sam Elliott. Every audition I get says, we'd like it to sound like Sam Elliott and Morgan Freeman or some combination thereof. In the U.K., it's yeah. Peter. So right. I had this audition that I, that I had from an overseas client where, or actually it was a marketplace, and they said, we're looking for a Peter Dixon-like voice. And I actually got on there sort of tongue-in-cheek and said, why don't you just ask Peter? So, yeah. And I said, if you like, I'll ask him. So I did, and, and he said, sure, I'd be happy to help. Just give me the details. And that's just the kind of attitude he has. It's really fantastic. Yeah, and there's, I've said this in a few courses as well, that um, there are some people who think that, uh, you know, that's kind of people who say, you know, I'm not getting out of bed for less than $300 an hour, you know. Um, but Peter's a living proof of the fact that putting yourself in the position where luck can happen to you is really important and he didn't need to, you know he didn't need to do it he had easily enough money he had the fame he had the the big you know saturday night tv shows but he came and did that thing just for the fun of it and it led to something else and i i often think that you know p people say to me oh god you're so lucky being in the position you're in it's like well yes we are but we've also put a, a lot of hard work into it and we've also put ourselves into the position where luck can happen um and it's it's a nice trait of for people to have you know 
Right. So you talked about the beginner course on, on Gravy for the Brain that was so successful to begin with. Talk about some mm. of the specialties you have now in helping people train to be a voice actor. Yeah, I, I mean, our, our aim really with Gravy for the Brain um, has always been to provide everything. Now, I know a lot of people say that, but we've we've really kind of done our level best to make it happen. So we have 16 different voiceover courses, um, ranging from the core ones like voiceover for beginners, um, advanced voiceover to professional standard, um, all the way through to things like creating your own amazing demo reels or at least prepping for working with a good director, um, improving your casting chances, uh, how to do commercials, how to do gaming. You know, I mean, the, the list is is up to 16 and there's a lot in there. We still have more to do. Um, there are still um, four topics that we're going to be working on this year. Um, but the main courses are there. And then we do um, webinars, which are effectively kind of like, I suppose, lecture-based webinars with a Q&A on them. Um, and the idea of Gravy for the Brain is that... Um, uh, and this is not to be negative about any other training companies, but what we wanted to do was was bring the cost right down so that it's affordable to everybody. So rather than have the model where you know you pay for one course and then you go and pay for another course and then you pay for another course, the idea was that whilst you're a member, you get everything and nothing is upsold and nothing is charged. And the, I, I suppose one of the main reasons that was happening is that we also have a mentoring area. And one of the things I found very early on was that People would have a specific problem, and I knew that you know Webinar X or Course Y would solve that for them, and was a you know a fifteen-hour course, and so I wasn't going to tell them everything in that fifteen hours. So I'd kind of say to them, "Well, you can fix this by going and take you know Course Y or whatever it may be," but it always felt I always felt uncomfortable with it, the the upselling thing, you know, it never sat with me. So making it all accessible to everybody was a good thing. So then, as I said, we have the mentoring area, um, and that comes twofold. We have a day-to-day forum-based mentoring, um, and we employ mentors and ourselves to, to stay on top of that. So whether that's for voice artist clips or whether it's for home studio or business marketing and branding, there's always someone there to come and talk to you about that. And then we have a live mentoring-based thing where we, we all jump on Zoom once a week and we do various different things. Sometimes we'll go through home studio and tech stuff. Sometimes we'll go through a general Q&A. Sometimes we'll get a lot of scripts and, and everyone will go and read through them. Um, so it's, it's very kind of empowering for people and it also helps them in public and with their confidence and that kind of thing. And then we have just a huge array of tools. Um, I mean, really a, a lot of tools. Um, things like uh, we've just released an escrow service, um, which would hopefully um, help people be able to charge um, clients they're either not sure of or for, for high paying jobs or, or non-paying clients or whatever. Um, we have the VOID, which is um, stands for Voice Over Internet Database. Um, and I also should say describes one of my the career. That... <laughs> 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 um, one of the things that um, the degree of success that Gravy for the Brain has had is that it allows us to go and do cool things for the community and not charge them. So the VOID is completely free. Um, it's void.gravyforthebrain.com, and it's basically a completely open online database of all production companies, agents, uh, conferences, resource companies, software companies, anything that's to do with voiceover, um, you know, it's it's all in there. And what we don't have in there, I think I think we've got like 100, uh, 1,800 companies in there so far, and anyone can add companies to it, and we then moderate them, which means the database is going to grow, and it's all free. So if you want to go and look up, you know, agents in Australia, and go and get yourself all the agents in Australia, you can go and do that. Or if you want to narrow it down to agents in Iowa, 
then you can go and do that. Um, and it's all completely free for everybody. So we have all that. Um, we've got all these resources. And then the main thing that happened with version 5 um, is that we've decided that... Um, uh, well, I think we've, we've seen sense more than decided um, that actually we as a UK-based company, um, you know, I mean, I know a lot about casting and direction and Peter about voicing, but it is, to be fair, UK-centric. So, you know, I, I mean, there were some people in America who have been very gracious to us and who've really accepted us. And there are some who, who perhaps rightly think, well, you know, there are things you don't know about the USA. Um, and that goes all the way around the world. You know, France, for example, it has a completely different um, structure and setup and rates and unions than, than anywhere else in the world. In fact, they actually have university courses designed for voiceover. So all the regions around the world are totally different. And we've decided basically to go and localize into all of these countries. So um, J. Michael Collins is our um, territory controller for the USA. Then for um, Spanish-speaking Latin America, we have Sofia Cruz and Rona Fletcher. And for France, we have um, a guy called Stéphane Cornicard. And basically, the content is going to be completely localized into each area. But the, the, the great bit about it is that anyone who's a member can go and access any part of content from anywhere around the world. Um, and that's all included in the same membership price. Plus, we're doing good things like having a rate guide for every single country, which we're going to database. So, I mean, our goal is to, is to help people as much as we can that are, you know, in the early stages of the career, help people and support people as much as we can in the intermediate to advanced stages of the career, and then give people tools for free that should be free that you don't need to pay for. Wow, Hugh, wow, I'm a little concerned about your uh, designs on world domination. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'm just kidding. Right from the heart. <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose like um, Gandalf said, you know, I wield this power with a desire to do good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Hugh. I mean, it sounds like such a fully featured, well-rounded service that would be useful for VO talent at any stage of their career. So thank you very much for creating it and building it into what it is today. So do you You're have, I know you just released the latest version, but do you have any plans mm. for the future uh, right now? Any ideas? Well, do you know, um, someone said to me um, on the launch webinar, when's V6 coming out? Yeah. <laughs> and it, I mean, it, it literally took us a year and a half to build V5. And a, I think it was 14 people we had in total to build it. It's a, it's a pretty big monster. Um, I, I, I know exactly what V6 is going to be. Um, but I'm afraid I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> oh, okay, um, okay. I know. I mean, what I what I will do is I'll say that um, we have incremental things coming out. So um, I mentioned the other four courses that we're going to be bringing out. Um, with the with the kind of globalization around the world, um, our aim is to get to 25 different territories within five years. Um, and in the background, we've already um, signed another five of those. So by the end of this year, I would hope that we're on sort of nine to ten territories around the world. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there, there are lots of little things we're going to be doing, things in the CRM, like um, like linking the CRM up to MailChimp. Um, and just, just little incremental things that are going to help everybody. But V6 itself, um, that one is... is well, that's going to be something else. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spoil the surprise for that one because, I mean, with some of these things, I mean, things like um, the void. Uh, I mean, we that that was not something that existed anywhere. So we had to make sure we could do it and that it would work functionally and and, you know, be accessible to everybody so that it would work the way it should do. Otherwise, it's kind of not worth doing. You know. 
So, Hugh, we know that from seeing you at various events and functions, uh, we just spent time with you at Mabo 2018. You were yeah. really a subject matter expert when it comes to all things voiceover. So we thought <laughs> we could talk a little bit about some of the some of the issues that affect voice actors all around the world. And one of those that yeah, we hear to. a lot about is rates. And you actually spoke about mm. this at Mabo in your, in yeah. your opening address. What are some of the, the challenges you see in the rates discussion for voiceover people and voice actors around the world? Well, I mean, rates is kind of the hot topic, right? And it's, right. it's been a hot topic for, I guess, over two years now. Um, and I mean, the thing is, is that we, we live now in a, a status quo, but the status quo is moving. So we have pay to play sites and some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Um, some of them are doing active things to try and stop the race to the bottom. Some of them are actively trying to be at the bottom. Um, and this, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this is capitalism, you know, so there, this is always going to exist and in some way or another, because people take opportunity and they run with it. I think the issue for the, the voice industry as a whole is really one of education. Um, because the, I think the people coming into the industry don't understand why the rates are set. What is in their minds so high. You know, um, they they come from jobs which are, you know, paying may, maybe not minimum wage, but, you know, $20, $25 an hour or $30 an hour. And then they look at an hourly rate from from the uh, voiceover industry at $300, $350 an hour. And they think, well, that's just amazing. And actually, I'm quite comfortable undercutting you at $150 an hour. But they don't see what's behind the the figure and why they're kind of set the way they are and why they've always been that way. So I think it really is a case of education. Um, the rate guides are definitely helping. You know whether whether you use ours, whether you use GVAAs, it doesn't really matter as long as you're as long as you're basing it on something and well educated. And after that, I believe that people have their own choice to do what they want. So you know if they want to go on Fiverr or cheap voiceover beers or whatever it may be, as long as they go in with their eyes open and they know what the score is, then you know then that's fine. They can do what they want. So. Um, uh, but then the second issue is one from the business side. And what a lot of the pay-to-plays aren't doing, and in, in some fact the agents aren't doing either, is is actually educating the hirers. And that's really important because I think, I think you know, if, if you do a Google search for voiceover and go down to the bottom of you know, page one or whatever it may be, you're going to find cheaper alternatives as well. And there's always, you know, the, the guy in the office who can do it um, or who says he can do it or whatever it may be. So again, it's about educating the the industry people, the industry hirers, to see why it matters to have someone who's you know an expert in their field in the same way that you know a carpenter would be versus some total amateur putting up a shelf, or or why the the system is based the way it does and how the quality is going to affect the perception of their brand. So um, it's a it's a tough it's a tough argument to have either way, I think, um, and. I mean, I don't know about the states, but price fixing is illegal here in the UK. Um, so it's it's a difficult subject matter. Uh, the one thing I do think doesn't help is the, the the people who do the whole posting of, you know, I can't believe this. Look at this. It's uh, you know a national spot for eighty dollars. The browbeating, basically. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> and it, it just brings everybody down. And what they don't realize for themselves is that everybody's watching, you know, and you, it's always the same people who do it and. I personally see them as very negative and wouldn't want to hire someone like that because they're probably going to badmouth me somewhere down the road for something I've done, you know, or whatever it might be. 
Um, so I think as long as it's done constructively, and you know, I mean, all the conferences are doing good things. They're all putting up rates uh, discussions. Um, Wovo is doing a good job pointing to all the rate guides. Most of the education companies, ourselves, GVAA, we're all doing good things about rates. So I, I think it's it's stabilizing and it's moving. And as long as we accept the fact that everything is going to change and that you know this time in two years' time it'll be a different industry again, then we'll all be okay. Wonderful. Well, I hope your predictions come true for the most part. Like cautiously <laughs> optimistic. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Hugh, for joining us today. I learned so much about you and your wonderful company, and we'd love to have you back another time. So, oh, I'd love to come, Sean. Thank you. So, Hugh, you mentioned conferences. You yourself are part of a conference that takes place in the UK for voice acting and voiceover industry. Yeah. Tell us about the One Voice yeah. Conference. Uh, well, the One Voice is um, the... Well, there are actually two conferences in the UK. Um, one is One Voice Conference, and one is one that's been running a lot longer, which is the Vox Conference. As it turns out, as of last year, we now run both of them, um, but they're different things. Vox is for the, the local radio industry, and One Voice is, a, is an entire voiceover industry-based thing. Um, in the UK, the One Voice conference is by far the biggest. Um, and actually, uh, in, in terms of the number of people who attend, I think it's around sort of 300-ish. We're going for 350 this year. Um, is the second biggest in the world after Vio Atlanta. And I don't mind saying that... that Vio Atlanta is a really special conference and we kind of modeled it on the same ideas because it's just so good you know I mean and so One Voice itself is is a UK version uh, of of a really good conference model um, we have an awards ceremony in there which is which is different so yeah um, by the time this is released uh, the One Voice conference awards will have been uh, would have been um, the submissions will be open, and so you can enter. That there's also an international male and female category this year, um, and we'd just love to see people there. We 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 really make sure we pay attention to the amount of good quality speakers we have there. For example, the um, the keynote speaker is a guy called Hugh Bonneville, um, who's a very famous British actor, um, and you'd probably recognise him from uh, the Paddington films and from Downton Abbey. He's um, the Lord of the, Lord Grantham uh, in that. Um, so um, the, we're going for a very high caliber um, level of people. What's also really lovely about it is that is the position of it. It's right on the Thames, just opposite Canary Wharf, and it has its own its own pier. Um, and its own uh, boat ferry, which takes you across every morning, which is which is special. That's great. Well, hopefully some of our audience will be able to attend. I've actually talked to a few people that are attending, and that should be exciting yeah. for them. Um, I'm not sure I'll be able to make the trip across the pond this time, but it is, it is one of my bucket list items for sure. Next Excellent. year. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hugh, thanks again. Is there anything you'd like our audience to know that we haven't covered or how they can reach you if they want to sign up for a membership? Sure. Um, just go to gravyforthebrain.com um, and you can either take, uh, we've got lots of free stuff on the front page. Um, there's lots of free webinars you can go and take um, without being a member. As I said, there's lots of free content on there that you don't have to be a member to, to get. So for example, the escrow service is free. Uh, the void is free. Our calculators and our rate guides are all free. Um, there's even a little intercom uh, button at the bottom right uh, where you can get directly through to Harry, who's our support guy. Oh, um, I love Harry. <laughs> <laughs> he's a dude, isn't he? Um, and actually, I have an offer for, for your um, listeners, um, which would be, um, let's say, podcast 2019. Uh, and that'll give you a little discount if you pop that on there as well. So type in that code podcast 2019 and they can, they can get a discount? Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's great. Well, thanks again, Hugh. Enjoy the rest of your uh, well afternoon for you, and we'll talk to you soon. 
Thank you, gents. As a voice talent, you have to have a website. But what a hassle getting someone to do it for you. And when they finally do, they break or don't look right on mobile devices. They're not built for marketing and SEO. They're expensive. You have limited or no control. And it takes forever to get one built and go live. So what's the best way to get you online in no time? Go to voiceactorwebsites.com. Like our name implies, voiceactorwebsites.com just does websites for voice actors. We believe in creating fast, mobile-friendly, responsive, highly functional designs that are easy to read and easy to use. You have full control. No need to hire someone every time you want to make a change. And our upfront pricing means you know exactly what your costs are ahead of time. You can get your voiceover website going for as little as $700. So if you want your voice actor website without the hassle of complexity and dealing with too many options, go to voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our interview portion with the wonderful Peter Dixon. Known to millions simply as voiceover man, Peter Dixon is the best-known and most sought-after voice talent in the UK and arguably the world. So Peter's voice has been featured on over 30 AAA game titles, including Fable and Connect Sports. He has voiced over 30,000 TV and radio commercials, been the promo voice on over 60 channels, been the featured voice on over 200 TV shows, and he was the voice of the London 2012 Olympic Games Beach Volleyball. Please join us in welcoming Gravy for the Brain founder and voiceover deity, Peter Dixon. How are you doing today, Peter? <laughs> Hello, it's a Peter. marathon just to get I'm through a, your I, intro. A, I know, I know. I, I'm exhausted just listening to it. No wonder I'm tired. Uh, mm. That is, um, Mind you, that's, that's been a, a career right there uh, lasting over 40 years, so you've compressed it very nicely. Thank you for that wonderful intro. Right, so you can just stop now. <laughs> I wish I could. Leave some for the rest of us, for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> well, Peter, thanks so much for joining us this morning, or this afternoon for you, this morning for Sean and I, uh, as you are in the UK. And we wanted to start out by talking about your background as a voice actor. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in the whole world of voice acting, and then tell us what brought you to founding or helping found Gravy for the Brain. Okay, good question. A uh, good opening question. What, what I would say, first of all, is that my love for voice and for all things spoken word goes back to a very early childhood, actually, when I was about five years old. I remember listening to my father, uh, my father's radio set or radiogram, as it was known then. This was a, a rather elegant wooden cased affair, inside which were impossible sounding orange glowing German valves. And uh, and these wonderful fruity voices that emanated from this radio set. And I, as a young child, remember distinctly sitting at home in my living room in those early days, many years ago, listening to these voices and thinking, wow, this is just a whole different world in there. Of course, at age five, I naively assumed that people lived inside the radio set. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I can also remember looking through the grill to see where they were and uh, imagine my disappointment when I'd, I didn't see anyone. But it, that was what sparked my interest in radio. And so radio was my first love. And I, uh, when I graduated from university, I did a degree in psychology, which... Uh, was, uh, has since stood me in good stead, actually, working in this, in this industry, uh, because there are quite a few lunatics uh, in this world of ours that we live in. Um, nice <laughs> lunatics, nicely mad. Uh, there's nobody I've met, actually, who's been uh, in, any, in any way unpleasant or difficult to deal with. But uh, that aside, I think the, uh, the degree was useful. And uh, while I was at university, I also did some work um, in media for the... Uh, 
for the BBC. I was working part-time for them while I was a student. And uh, then when I graduated, I joined the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, full-time as a radio reporter, and then subsequently transferred from journalism into uh, on-air announcing. So I was an on-air talent. I was reading news bulletins. I was uh, announcing uh, in between programs. I was introducing uh, record programs and shows. So that was my basic founding um, in uh, voice, in using my voice. And after about uh, 10 years, when I subsequently went to London, because this was all in Ireland where I started, then I came to London. I again worked for the BBC for about eight, eight more years in national network radio. It was a fantastic experience. And I learned everything I know now, a lot of what I know now, from those very formative eight years when I was in my 20s, early 30s. And after I um, had had enough of that, and I definitely had had enough because uh, uh, I felt I wasn't learning anything new and I wanted to explore new ways of using my voice in the corporate world and in advertising and in games and all the other things that were uh, exploding around me at that time. It was, it was just at the beginning of the, of the explosion in digital media and the multi-channel environment had just come upon us. And so I uh, left the BBC to go freelance one of the scariest things I think I ever did. I was just recently married and had a mortgage and a house and uh, family on the way. And I was just thinking, wow, this is a hell of a risk. But uh, boy, was I glad I took it because uh, it was a matter of timing, I guess, as well. I just hit the, the rising wave. And uh, I'm not saying it was easy. It was pretty difficult because uh, back then there were uh, fewer voices on the circuit, on the market, and they had from what I could see, stitched it up completely. And so they were working uh, a marketplace that was virtually shut to everybody else, which uh, I was determined to break down that wall, of course, and managed to do that in small increments. And so, you know, literally 40 years later, I kept pushing and got through the wall, and um, here I am on the other side. And it's, um, you know, I've just had, had the most fortunate career you could imagine. I've enjoyed every second of it. I've rambled on very long there. That's a very long sequence, but I hope it's put into context. It's put into context, you know, where I come from and what I do. But actually, that uh, that gives us a great segue because Hugh actually mentioned your tenacity and your passion for acting being some of your your greatest attributes in in sort of pursuing that work. Can you think of any other experiences or just kind of attitudes that you have that you felt were helpful for people who want to break into acting or voice acting in general? Well, it's, uh, this is one of the reasons why um, Hugh and I both set up Gravy for the Brain, the online mentoring education platform, because I, we both felt that not enough was being done in that area for people. There, was, there were ad hoc courses here and there. Of course, there are excellent voice coaches. And I'm sure that, you know, if you ask Hugh, he'll tell you that, uh, you know, those are all fabulous. And, of course, I would encourage people to do one-on-one -on -one coaching. But the problem with that is that it's not always suitable for everybody at the initial stage of their career, or even if they're just considering dipping their toe into the water to see if they like it. So uh, because of the, the financial barrier that that presents, because it is one-to-one -one coaching is uh, and can be, you know, a relatively costly exercise because you're engaging in other professionals' time. Um, and again, not to say that that's not worth it, but it, it is worth it when you get to the stage where you you need to have it. But in the initial stages, we felt there was an, a gap in the marketplace for identifying 
uh, a business that would uh, help people get into voiceover and show them all the various components and aspects of it and teach them the basic rudimentary skills and show them what's required. And whether or not that's for them, then they can then make that decision later on down the line, having spe spent a relatively small sum of money to then go on to, um, you know, to, to seek one-to-one -one experience and training and mentoring with other professional people around the world. So that's, that's why I started it. Um, as for personal attributes, I think uh, you definitely need to have a thick skin because uh, part of uh, the stock in trade of voice artists, in fact all actors, voice actors as well, is the ability to withstand uh, constructive criticism and rejection. And believe me, if you can't uh, take constructive criticism and direction, then this is not the business for you because uh, every day all of us, and I include myself in this, uh, as you do, I'm sure, Sean, and, and as you do, Paul, you know, we get rejected on a regular, almost hourly basis <laughs> for most things that we do. Uh, but uh, it's more than made up for by the uh, occasional um, times when the client uh, says yes. So I always say to people, you've got to be prepared to be tenacious, you've got to be uh, ambitious, you've got to have a thick skin, and you've got to be creative in your business approach as well. Uh, many years ago, I used to, when I started as a freelancer, I used to sit and wait for the phone to ring. Um, I had an agent back then. I was very fortunate I got an agent early on. And I thought, well, I've made it now. I'm going to sit here and wait for the phone to ring. And I was, <laughs> I was, yeah, you're laughing now. I can hear why. Oh, we've talked I was about disabused it on the podcast of, many times. <laughs> yeah, I was disabused. I was, yes, I mean, I was, how naive was I? You know, the phone didn't ring. It did rang very occasionally. And I remember on many occasions, um, phoning, picking up the phone and ringing my agent to see whether they were still in business, uh, which was uh, <laughs> seems like a reasonable thing to do. But at the end of the day, no, you have to make your own opportunities. Your agent is there to support you and to negotiate contracts for you when you get them. And indeed also to put you forward for jobs. But the main bulk of the work, I think, uh, for all independent freelance voice artists must come from yourself. You have to self-start, you have to self-find work. That work, of course, can be then subsequently handed over to your agent for negotiation, and believe me, that can be very worthwhile, uh, particularly if you're starting out and you don't really know the... Uh, the, the true rate or the, wor your, the worth of the work that you're being asked to do. So those are the qualities, I think, that, that anybody considering a career or indeed who has just recently embarked on a career should certainly consider whether or not it's right for them. But so that's all I would say on that at this point. Well, you talk about the, the self-starting entrepreneur uh, attitude people have to have in order to get into the business. One of the great ways they can do that is by accessing Gravy for the Brain. So tell us a little bit about some of the specialties that Gravy for the Brain has to offer to aspiring and even veteran voice actors. I'm glad you mentioned veteran voice actors because there is a, a perception, I think, in our industry that Gravy for the Brain is just for newcomers. Um, it is for newcomers. Of course it is for newcomers. That's, um, as I mentioned earlier, it's the first port of call for many people considering a career in voiceover. But... Grave of the Brain is uh, so much more than that, as I'm sure you know, having you know, used it and worked with it yourself. It is something that is infinitely useful to people who are already in the business and even to those who have established careers. Uh, as I said, a part of our ethos is to educate and support and mentor. And, and we do all those things in so many ways. We have you know, 16, currently 16, uh, bespoke courses on all the genres that you could possibly want to work in in voiceover. We have live mentoring 24-7, so you can get um, 
assistance on any topic or question that you want to ask that's, uh, that's bothering you or you need answers to, uh, either on the creative side, the studio side, or, or indeed the business side. Uh, we have experts and people who will be able to mentor you through those issues. We also have the webinar library. We've got hundreds and hundreds of hours of topics all independently searchable and relatable that you can find a topic if you need help on any particular subject pretty quickly. And we also run, as you know, social events um, throughout the year in the United Kingdom currently, but very soon we will be um, expanding that social element to the uh, to the United States. So that's going to be very exciting for us with um, J. Michael Collins, who is now working closely with us on the U.S. side. So uh, hopefully we'll be you'll be seeing some social events in the very near future. I'm, I, I do emphasise sociability in this industry because. You know, it's very, it can be very isolating and rather uh, lonely working on your own as you do day in, day out in your own little space. You know, it's f fun while it is, but when you end up um, some days not speaking to very many people, it's rather nice to get out and socialise, you know, one-to-one, face-to-face. That FaceTime's very important, um, not just talking to your own colleagues, of course, but also interacting with potential employers and agents, engineers, people within the business, because it's in those social interactions, I think. Um, you mentioned earlier one of the qualities for success. I believe, I firmly believe that as a voice artist, your success will increase exponentially the more parties you go to, the more conferences you attend, the more people you speak to. Those connections and interactions will lead eventually to more work. And so... That's Does time at the bar count aspect. towards that? <laughs> the bar, absolutely. <laughs> the only thing I would recommend, I would, I would caution the bar. I, I would say yes to a certain extent, but the problem with the bar is that uh, if you <laughs> promises can be forgotten go, at the bar. The, the next morning you forget everything. You see, so that's the problem. You can't remember who you spoke to. So um, yes, I've had that experience. <laughs> I go along, <laughs> or take Always business cards. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the business the business cards are great, but then you wake up the next morning and you can't remember who anybody is, even by looking at the business card. Or you can't remember if they're if they're still willing to talk to you. So I'm glad you're actually here because we had a long discussion at Uncle Roy's, of which very little uh, seeped into my memory banks. But I'm glad you were still agreed to come talk to us. <laughs> I know. Who are you again? Sorry, I've forgotten. Uh, yeah, but I mean, sociability, socializing, very important. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I know a lot of uh, voice actors and actors in general are surprisingly introverted types or personalities. So I think it's really important to realize that even though you might be pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, that social networking is so important, especially if you have are in a place where you do have a lot more local opportunities, like a larger city like L.A., New York, or London. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would I would just issue one word of caution about social networking and socialing socializing online is that um, there are you will you will know who the culprits are yourselves in your country and certainly I know who they are in the United Kingdom is that you know, there are there are certain uh, people who will spend their lives on Instagram uh, and on. Uh, Twitter and, and and various other platforms that they you know, they're endlessly outputting on. Uh, the problem with that is that's all very well, but uh, you're um, you're cre you create the impression that you're not busy because if you were mm. if you were working in this business um, to the extent you should be, then you wouldn't really have the time necessarily to devote to extensive uh, ramblings on social media. So. 
you know, by all means, do use social media. LinkedIn is very good. Twitter is very good. Instagram is good. But in limited quantities and keep it relevant and brief and interesting for people. But don't overwhelm them with endless daily posts uh, about uh, what you've had for lunch or where you're going for your holiday. Uh, keep it relevant and keep it, keep it brief and keep it minimal because otherwise you give the impression, you serve the impression to, to others who, watch, who are watching you that, uh, and some of those people may be your potential employers, that you are um, what you might call a mouth on a stick and uh, not particularly busy. Yes. <laughs> and keep it positive, right? <laughs> be grateful for the industry I'm, you work in. Oh, keep it positive, yes. There's no room for negativity on social media or indeed um, what you might call irony, you know, because irony only works when you can see the whites of the eyes of the other person or you know them intimately enough to know that, that what they've just said is uh, contrary to their own view. So you can be misunderstood so easily on social media with a, with a flippant remark, an ironic remark, um, and it could be misinterpreted and could actually act against you in, in so many ways. So, yeah, keep it positive, keep it lovely, keep it nice, and um, give praise where it's due to people who you want to work with. And, uh, you know, you can use it in so many positive ways. I don't see why people uh, need to use it negatively. Wonderful. Absolutely. My philosophy is if it can be misinterpreted, it will be misinterpreted. So keep that in mind. One of the things that I love about Gravy for the Brain is that throughout the year you actually have a number of contests. So, uh, and it might be a fun, say, a poetry reading or a tongue twister reading, and they usually have some wonderful prizes involved. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about what started that and other ways that you try to co or, uh, contribute to the VO community. Well, that's, you're very, very observant. I'm glad you, you've noticed that. We do like running contests uh, because it, it engages people's interest and it also serves a double function of um, enlarging uh, the, uh, the footprint uh, on our website. So we do, you know, it, it, we, there's, there's a, we're self-serving in a way in that respect, but we are also giving back. We are literally giving some really fantastic prizes like microphones and interfaces to people who win. So, yeah, it's good, good to do. Uh, we, we, uh, we run those from time to time. Um, uh, we also um, have recently, uh, well, last year, in fact, we ran our very first uh, conference, the uh, One Voice conference in London, um, which I was so gratified to see so many people attending that from uh, uh, literally 30 different countries came to that. It was a fantastic event. And for our inaugural event, it was nothing short of amazing. Uh, it was really great to see so many people there. Um, and this year is setting up to be an absolutely brilliant conference again in May of, of 2019. So we're very excited about that. And also the awards that we run um, in the same weekend, the One Voice Awards, which is, <clears throat> I think, probably uh, without doubt, the most, the fairest and most equitable awards you could imagine, because um, our judges, and we have quite a broad, wide panel of judges, all at the top of their game, stellar vo names from the industry, some of them voices, engineers, agents, they don't know who each other is, so they're all in isolation. They don't know uh, who their other fellow judges are. The entries, the voices who put their uh, who put their entries in, are randomised and uh, anonymised, so the judges don't know who they are or where they've come from. So everyone is judged basically solely on how they present themselves on their entry, rather than favouritism or maybe you know you might know somebody, or the judges indeed themselves merit? could collude. <laughs> 
So I think it's, you know, it's a very fair contest. And so we, we're always at Gravy for the Rain coming up with initiatives. We have just recently launched V6, V5. We're already working on V6 of our platform. We've got some other great ideas to come. And so I just see this this uh, business of ours evolving and expanding. We've now uh, moving into other areas of the world. We've got um, global ambitions. Um, so I'm so pleased that what started out as a very small seed of an idea at a bar, <laughs> see, there you go. Ironic. <laughs> One day, <laughs> many years ago, with you and I and a few other people, we were chatting. And this small germ of an idea has literally just grown into something that is a global uh, uh, enterprise. And I'm so uh, proud uh, and delighted uh, to have been associated with it, and and long may it continue. Well, that's great, Peter. One thing I wanted to ask is about the name, because the, some of the nomenclature that, that you use, I, I feel, may not be from, as familiar with our audience. For instance, V5. He was talking to me about that for, for months, talking about uh, how that was coming out. I had no idea what the V stood for. So that means version, right? Version 5. Version Are five, you yeah. serious, Paul? I'm, I'm absolutely serious. Where have you been? Do you, do you but, have an Apple product? Yeah. No. But, but to that point, tell us where the name Gravy for the Brain came, because it may not immediately be um, associated with voiceover to some people. Well, again, a good question. Um, it, it is a name that goes back to when we started our business uh, gravy for the brain in the very early days. In fact, day one, we had voiceover content. Voiceover, we had a voiceover course on there. But our 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 joint aim was to make the business a a global uh, educational platform, not just for voiceover, but for all topics related to the entertainment industry. So singing, public speaking, you know, playing the drums, playing the piano. There'd be all kinds of uh, courses on there that we would be able to add on over time. So the word voice didn't really sit comfortably in, the, in that early concept. Um, so we, the name Gravy for the Brain came to us from, uh, from Patrick Stewart, the actor Patrick Stewart, who in a movie uh, refers to, uh, has a line, I think, where he's injecting some kind of serum into somebody and he goes, the guy says, what's this you're giving me? He says, don't worry, it's just gravy for the brain. So it's, um, <laughs> it comes from... <laughs> It comes awesome. from Patrick Stewart. Comes from Patrick Stewart, and uh, and the name, of course, is, was intended to be a, a, an, an umbrella name for an overall educational online educational company serving content on all subjects to do with the entertainment industry. But then we realised that actually we didn't know an awful lot about uh, some of these other subjects, and and uh, and it was difficult selling individual courses because uh, that requires an enormous amount of sales effort mm -hmm. to sell individual courses, access to individual courses. So we completely rewrote, rewrote our business model um, and, and aligned it with the, the business model that's used by, um, say, Netflix um, or Sky in the UK, where you know, individual subscribers pay a single simple monthly fee and they get access to absolutely everything that we do uh, with no further charges. So um, that model right there completely revolutionized our business overnight and it makes it much more uh, simple, easier to understand, and because there are no contracts and no exit fees, uh, people just love it. Well, that's one of yeah. There's no confusion because it's all essentially the same product, and it sounds like a very wonderful service. So, and it's a very memorable name too. I, I was actually curious about that one, even though I understood V5. But <laughs> but <laughs> now, I mean, now I'm just teasing. I'm just poking fun. But um, but I, it's it's a great name. I mean, it's it 
conveys richness and decadence for your for your mind. So I love it. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I like the decadence bit. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Gravy for the brain. Well, Good. Peter, thank yeah. you so much for joining us today. I was just curious, where do you see the future for Gravy for the Brain, and what's the best way to learn more about it? Well, you can find out all about it if you go to www.gravyforthebrain.com that's our website uh, that'll take you to our landing page and everything is on there that you would ever need to ask all the questions frequently asked questions we also have uh, you know, lots of free stuff on there as well so if you want to just go and have a look and dive in you can take some sample courses you can look at, uh, uh, at all the different uh, things that we do and even get some scripts and tips and uh, and ideas about voiceover if, it, if you're curious about it and you want to know what we do then that's the absolute one-stop shop for everything and if you do like the idea you can dive in uh, uh, and and get uh, a month's access to everything we do and and if, if that's as far as it goes for you that's great you can leave without any uh, questions after a month uh, if you want to stay on of course we do hope you do then we'll help you build your career in voiceover and uh, show you exactly what you need to do what you need to be uh, looking at and doing on a daily basis and we'll hold your hand all the way through that journey um, and so it's something that we're here and committed to for a very long time and we are as I said V6 or version 6 for, uh, for Paul <laughs> I'm slow on the uptick uh, you, just, version you just needed to add Paul. like a decimal in there or something yeah. 5.0 oh, no. oh I got it I oh I see yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, so V6, version 6, coming up uh, uh, later this year, we hope, or early next year, will be uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, or as you, you people say, awesome. So we're looking forward to that uh, very, very much indeed. So I do hope that um, if you're listening and you're in any way remotely interested in voiceover, even if you're a, an established voiceover or you've just been working at this business for you know six months or a year or two years, Please check it out because there are some fantastic resources like our career planner tool. We've got our voiceover CRM. We've got a whole uh, uh, live voiceover jobs. Every voiceover job in the world is updated every five minutes on our site so you can see all the jobs that are being offered. We've got an internet database that's open to everybody, not just members. Our voiceover internet database is called The Void. So it's void.gravyforthebrain.com. Go there and you'll get access to all the suppliers to our industry, all the studios, all the agents. Everybody who works with voiceover is in that database. And that's being added to and increased and built up over time right now in live real time. You can build your own career profile website. We've got uh, voiceover blogs. We've even got an escrow service now. So if you're ever worried about uh, a, a company or a client abroad not paying you, uh, this is a, an increasing problem now. Clients are booking voices and then they don't get paid well the escrow service the gravy for the brain escrow service puts paid to that you know the money goes into escrow and the voiceover gets paid when the uh, audio is delivered so it removes all that risk for both sides actually not just the, the voiceover but also for the buyer so we've got it we've got it we've got it all covered and we're building this thing all the time so it's, it's everything you need everything you'd ever possibly want peter what currencies does the escrow service accept it accepts uh, UK pounds, euros, and US dollars. Oh, okay, great. That's fantastic to know. Yeah. Wide margin. Wow. Well, Peter, thanks again. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon or evening. It's getting close to for you, and we'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you very much indeed, and thanks for having me on the VO Meter. It's been fun. You're very welcome, Peter. It's been a pleasure. So thank you so much to Hugh and Peter for telling us about Gravy for the Brain. Up next, we have J. Michael Collins to bring an American perspective onto some of the recent developments they have over here. But first, a word from our good friend Tim Page over at Podcast Intros. 
So let me tell you a bit about Tim and his team. They've produced over 1,000 podcast intros for some of the biggest podcasts on the planet. Each demo includes custom-written scripts and hand-selected music and is guaranteed to showcase your voice and talent in the best light possible. They've got a finger on the pulse of what podcast producers want, and you can be sure your podcast demo will sound professional, current, and competitive. Now, we talk about this a lot, but Tim actually produced Paul's and my podcast demos, and all I can say is that he and his team were absolutely amazing to work with. Their scriptwriter created original scripts perfect for my voice and personality, as well as being reflective of current popular podcast genres. I recorded in the comfort of my own home studio, and Tim worked his mastering magic. The whole process only took a couple of days, and I couldn't be more pleased with the result. So, I can't say it enough, but Tim is a consummate pro, and he's so easy to work with. So thank you, Tim, and Podcast Demos. Hi, everybody. We are in our IPDTL-sponsored interview room with the incredible J. Michael Collins. So J. Michael has over 20 years of professional experience as a voice actor. He has worked with some of the biggest companies, brands, sports leagues, and organizations on the planet. In addition to this work in the classic agency-based world of VO, J. Michael has established himself as a leading authority in the online casting marketplace and has become recognized as an industry-leading talent coach and demo producer as well. J. Michael is a 16-time Voice Arts Award winner as a voice actor, demo producer, scriptwriter, and casting director. So please join us in welcoming J. Michael Collins. How are you doing, J. Michael? I'm doing, oh, I'm doing better now that you put together that little publicist package for me. I'm going to have to hire you guys. You that know, everyone nice. feels so good after that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, my tail's wagging. I got my ego rubbed. That was very sweet. <laughs> well, happy to give you a little ego stroke there. Very nicely hey, delivered, hey. too, Sean, I must say. Ah, hey, yeah, shucks, yes. So, almost like you've done this before. <laughs> I know, I know. Thanks. I've been practicing. Uh, well, welcome, J. Michael. It's so great to have you here today. Well, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, one of my favorite industry podcasts that uh, I know I'm a devoted listener to. And I, Which one? Uh, very yours. <laughs> oh, yeah, your this this one. That's what we're we doing, made right? it, this Paul. Is, oh my is, god, this is being recorded. <laughs> oh wait. Oh yes, we are recording. You're right. Yeah. So I'm glad to be here, guys. Well, thanks for the kind words. So, as you may know, as an avid listener, one of the the hallmarks of the podcast is us finding some six degrees of separation between the people we have on the show and and ourselves. And one of those ways is that. You started your career, at least started your, your life on this earth, very close to where I am based in Baltimore. You were down in, in Northern Virginia, correct? Tell me a little bit about That's right, yeah. where you grew up and how you started voice acting maybe at a young age. Well, it's, it's actually funny. I mean, we got to Northern Virginia after bouncing around elsewhere for a while. I had sort of an itinerant upbringing in that uh, my father was, um, over time, became a pretty well-known guy in the corporate communications and public relations world and uh, sort of went from company to company fixing problems. Um, so I was actually born in D.C. at Sibley Hospital. Oh, cool. Uh, by, the t by the time I was two, we had moved to Paris, France, um, came back to the Boston area and at age four or five, was there until age seven or so. Then we were in New York, and then finally wound up in Washington at about ten or eleven years old, and that that became home for a while. Yeah, it's you know it's 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 not where my 
I, I, I did some gopher work for a couple of radio stations there. Um, I wouldn't say that's where my career started because I wasn't on air uh, back then. But um, I, you know, I was telling somebody else's story recently that even when I was a little boy, five, six years old in, in the Boston area, uh, there was a radio host named Jess Kane who was a, a friend of my father's. And um, at five or six, this guy would call me up before I went to school. He just thought it was really cool to have a little five-year-old come on the air for some reason uh, and would just chat me up. And um, I, I guess I gave him something interesting content it's because he kept calling that's uh, awesome morning drive show in boston and uh that was sort of my first exposure to somebody wants to hear your voice and uh the ego just grew from there that's awesome well i know unfortunately <laughs> you're a redskins fan and even though i'm in baltimore i grew up in philadelphia Hail. so that that's the only bone of contention i have with, with you being from the dc area is that i know you still I don't, love the I don't have a i don't have a lot of hate in my heart for the <laughs> eagles I, I i reserve i reserve i reserve most of that for the cowboys although the patriots are my number two team so i wasn't too pleased last year yeah i'll bet you but uh we, we can have a common enemy in, in the cowboys <laughs> there you go there you go well great so sean we're going to talk a little bit about the industry um why don't you start with the first question about industry trends and, and how jay michael can offer his expert opinion on that well absolutely well um people who are familiar with you jay michael know that you're sort of this paragon of online casting so why don't you talk about your own experience getting involved with uh the online casting or the pay-to-play site world and how you've sort of become a champion and mouthpiece for for people who are looking to get involved with it uh, that that what, what was that word you used? Paragon. That's a lot of syllables. For me. <laughs> that it, that, uh, it's only three. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, look, uh, online casting, is, it's controversial. There are people who hate it. There are people who, you know, I don't know there's anybody who, who adores it. It's just a matter of, of the reality that we live in today. I happened to start on the various sites that were out there pretty much when they first came into existence. I had lived this sort of charmed life as a just very moderately successful voice actor um, up until about 10, 11, 12 years ago when these sites started coming around. And I was, I was living on a golf course. I was going out and playing, you know, sometimes uh, 36 holes in a day. Uh, was going, you know, doing auditions maybe four or five times a week through my one or two agents that I had at various times and was booking enough to make a, a decent little living. But I thought, hey, this is cool. I, I'm working five hours a week, 10 hours a week. This is awesome. And I don't really need anymore. And then all of a sudden these, these sites started to come out and I realized that, you know, cause I'd never wanted to do the LA thing. I never wanted to do the New York thing. I just, you know, I'm not a traffic guy. I'm not a smog guy there. I know those cities have redeeming values and I'm not, I, I don't want to knock them, but it, it's just not my cup of tea. And so these sites came along and uh, I had a lot of people at the beginning tell me, what are you doing? You're going to ruin your reputation. You're going to ruin your career. You're never going to make any money on this. This is nonsense. I said, look, guys, this internet thing, you know, kind of seems to be going somewhere. So <laughs> maybe, <laughs> may, may, maybe what we do is going to go in that direction as well. And as I started to see some of the work that was showing up on those sites, you know, the broadcast work always paid a little bit less than it should, and in some cases a lot less than it should. But, uh, you know, the core of the work that uh, that I've always booked online has been the, the corporate narration, the learning, the explainers, and that's always paid relatively fair rates. In fact, in many cases, more than you would make as, a, as an agent 
agency or union talent on a lot of that work. And so I, I just took a look at it and said, well, wait a minute, this is real money. And, oh, look, I'm booking. Well, let's see where this goes. And uh, over the years, it evolved into into some pretty substantial uh, results. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, it, it really has changed our industry so much in the past five or ten years. But um, it's not going away. And I, th- I think that despite all of the controversy out there, that one of the messages I, I'd like a lot of people to take home from this interview and this podcast and the state of the industry in general is just that look at what's happening now. The new sites that are coming out, all they're talking about is transparency. All they're talking about is how do we make sure voice actors get paid what they're worth. All they're talking about is, you know, what do we need to do to serve you as a community. Uh, Voice123, despite the, the substantial problems that they've had since their rollover, they're trying to make the right noises. What do we do to serve the talent as well as the clients? We have been making an impact on the way that online casting works. And there's no running away from this. This is, you know, a line, I don't remember who said this recently, but I think at some point I agree with this, which is we're going to have to stop talking about online casting and just start calling it casting. Because that's that's pretty much where we are at this point. We can't get away from technology. We can't get away from the fact that we live in an on-demand society and a market that wants our skills available to them now and and on demand. So what we can do is we can dictate how it's going to unfold and how the future is going to look. And that's the message that I'm trying to bring to the industry. Well, that's wonderful because I know a lot of people feel powerless in this situation where it's just, I mean, like you said, rates are going down. You have no control over it. But you do have these sites that are actually listening to us. And there are people who actually care enough about their careers that they're being vocal about what they want. And they are trying to get groups of people to jump on that, to to prove to each other that, yes, we do have the power to control the direction this is going before it gets out of our hands. Uh, my only follow-up to that is, do you think that the, the push for transparency is real? We've seen it with certain players. Um, <laughs> Armin, Armin Hirschetter at Bidalgo is a prime example. He, he's walked the walk for the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. he's definitely genuine. But do you think there's a, there's, uh, a bit of labeling, people taking advantage of that, that term and using it where they don't really have the means to back it up? Well, certainly. I mean, I think anybody's going to jump on anything they can to boost the, uh, you know, the visibility and the and the positive profile of their site if they can. Armin obviously is the gold standard that we like everybody to follow. Um, yeah, I think Kevin West has been doing a pretty good job with mm-hmm. Video Planet of engaging the community and uh, you know and trying to to lead his site. I, I kind of refer to him a bit as an American Armin. I think it's uh, going in that same direction a little bit. Um, you know, look, it's it's degrees of transparency. Uh, Voice one, two, three could be better. Um, they used the word in a blog post recently, which was a little laughable. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there is things that could be better, and then there are things that are abusive and, and dangerous to our industry, and I think that uh, they still kind of land on the right side of that fence, whereas others don't, and we'll, and we'll continue to monitor that. Uh, you know, we all know how a lot of us feel about Voices.com. We hope that they'll make changes. There was some commentary recently that they were about to make some changes, and then all of a sudden we see that their website went back to the same old language, so we don't know what's going on there. Um, the new site that's coming out, VoiceOvers.com, Matt Dubois, the guy who runs 
voice casting hub. Uh, you know, his model is sort of a hybrid of, of the other ones. Um, but, you know, from everything I've seen so far from him, he's out there telling everybody exactly what they're doing, exactly how it's going to work. Uh, you can agree or disagree with certain elements of that. But I think that all we want from these sites, you know, even one of the jokes that I used to make was that um, Voice Bunny, for as much as everybody hated Voice Bunny, they had a pie chart up there for a long time that said, hey, we're taking 70% and <laughs> and this is where it's going. You know, yep. uh, look, that well, well, I, I transparency. Mean, we don't, we don't, <laughs> transparency, right? We don't have to work there. We don't have to like it. Um, all we ask of these sites is that you tell us what you're doing, how you're doing it. If you've got some wacky algorithm, tell us how it works so we don't. So it's not a mystery. So we know how to behave ourselves in a manner that's going to allow it to to favor us as much as possible. Uh, if you're involved in taking money, tell us exactly how that works. Don't hide anything. You know, and if it's more than we're comfortable with, then we'll just work somewhere else. But there are it's it's too tight of a community. This isn't like Walmart where you know the the widgets and the and the and the cat food is not going to talk back. Um, <laughs> we're the cat food here. We we talk back because there's there's only so much of us to go around. There are only so many of us that are capable of doing this on a high level. Uh, you have to communicate with us and you have to be honest with us. If you can do that, you can almost do whatever you want. We won't like it. We'll complain about it. But at least tell us what you're doing. And I think that that's where a lot of the controversies come from over the years. Totally makes sense. Well, in addition to your work as a, as a voice actor, as we talked about in Sean's eloquent uh, introduction, you also uh, direct and coach. And uh, your company, JMC Demos, produces demos as well. Tell us a little bit about JMC Demos and how your, your approach to coaching helps a voice actor. I've, I've become passionate over the years about careful always how I answer this question because obviously I'm making money doing this and you know you all you never want to phrase something as giving back when it's profitable so that's not what coaching and demo production is about but at the end of the day I think the coaches who who, who do the best job are the people who take real satisfaction in seeing talent advance their careers and seeing talent you know the, the phrase I like to use is uh, uh, sending the elevator back down you know because we've, we've had a pretty good run and being able to say okay let's take this next generation and help lift them up so as a coach you know which is something that I don't have as much time for as I'd like I only keep a handful of people on but when I have the opportunity to work with folks especially new talent it's amazing to to sit and watch them develop and to, to see them take skills that are raw and you know for me I, I don't work with anybody who I don't believe has a pretty strong chance of going out there and building a successful career. So it's amazing to watch them from just the beginning when they've done a talent evaluation or somebody's, you know, that cliche that we all hear told them they had a nice voice to when they first talk to a coach and say, okay, yeah, maybe you've got some chops. Let's see where this goes. And then watching, watching the light come on, like hour four, hour five, hour six, where all of a sudden they realize it's not just talking, that it's acting. And they're starting to speak to me as a character and, uh, and not, not as, not as themselves. Um, that's, that's an amazing transformation to see. Uh, and then when they actually do go out and turn it into a business, it's it's really heartening. Uh, demo production is something that I take a, a just a absolute joy in hearing the diversity of talent that are out there and and the skill level that they've got and the, and the way that we can make those demos come to life. Um, you guys know I work a lot with AJ McKay. He's the lead audio engineer for JMC Demos. That guy's um, all right. He, 
Yeah, he, he, he doesn't <laughs> suck. Uh, you know, and, <laughs> and the stuff that we come up with, the way that we're able to highlight the skill set that these talent have and put them out there in a way that is marketable, that allows them, again, to, to sign with top agencies, the, to go out and get on production company and ad agency rosters, uh, you know, to go out and do their own marketing and book their own work. Again, we're making a lot. We're, we're making money doing this. It's not giving back, but it's amazingly rewarding to watch people take the work that we've helped them do and go out and and turn it into a business. And so, yeah, it's it's become a passion really in the last seven or eight years for me to uh, to to help people down that path and to kind of send that elevator back down when I can. Very cool. And I, like you're saying, it's kind of like it's difficult to say like this is philanthropic work, but it. We really do appreciate it because you're helping maintain and uh, ensuring the integrity and the professionalism of a whole generation of voice talent. So, I mean, that is something to be grateful for. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you're not able to coach so much on your own, but I know that you've actually partnered with Gravy for the Brain to create sort of this Gravy for the Brain USA, which is a bit of taking their products and sort of localizing it to more of a U.S. market. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, Gravy for the Brain USA is something I've, I'm really proud to be a part of. Um, I, I watched Hugh and Peter kind of wander into the U.S. market over the last couple of years, and I think like everybody else about three years ago, we all just went, who the hell are these guys? Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing them in person at View Atlanta thinking that exact thing, especially when Harry yeah. strolled in. <laughs> right? And great gravy for the what? Uh, I know. I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and so, and so it's kind of, you know, it's interesting. It has been very interesting getting to know them over the last few years um, and discovering that there just aren't two classier gentlemen out there other than the hosts that I'm currently uh, talking to here. Uh, but they're, they're really tremendous guys. They're very, very... Um, you know, they, they, people find the British a little a little poncy sometimes. Once you get to know them, they're so down to earth. They're they're two mm -hmm. of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. They have the interests of the industry at heart. And I, you know, I've had the opportunity over the years to work um, as a coach and you know doing webinars and things like that for a variety of different coaching organizations. All those ones that I've worked with, I've always been able to wholeheartedly support. I've had the opportunity to talk about either starting my own or invest investing in one at some point, and you know, then that's, that's not what happened with Gravy for the Brain. I'm not actually an investor there. Um, this is a situation where I just finally saw something that said, okay, they've got the whole package here, by which I mean they're bringing content over that um, has already been well-developed, but it's been well-developed even though it has the U.S. market in mind, um, largely with the U.K. market in mind. So I have the opportunity now to localize this content, to redo a lot of their videos, to make this content more relevant for the American market, to give talent access to vital information that allows them to help get a head start on their career without spending a whole lot of money. It's an opportunity to, you know, we're going to do a couple webinars every month, hour and a half, two hours of just deep diving into this, this month we're doing e-learning. Last month we did um, ad libs and the conversational read, and we're just going to cover every topic that you can possibly think of. We're going to bring in guest speakers. We had uh, 
Celia Siegel and AJ McKay last month for a demo session. Going to be doing one with Joe Zija soon uh, for anime and dubbing. Um, we've just got a great lineup of people that we're going to be working with. And it's the library of content that, that already exists that's going to continue to grow that is global in nature. So if you want to access any of the stuff that they've already got uh, or any of the stuff through any of the other um, different uh, country uh, portals that they have, even if you're just a member from the USA portal, you'll have access to that. And then long term, you know, it's it's things that they're offering like The Void, which is this information database where you can go in and find ad agencies, production companies, coaches, demo producers, you name it, any resources that you're looking for in the industry. They've put together an escrow service, which is not an evil escrow service that somehow mandatorily <laughs> takes your money. Um, it's, it's, it's the kind of escrow service that you want to use, which is one that if you are dealing with a client that you uh, have found on your own and you don't want to take it to an agency, agency for whatever reason, but maybe it's a big number. You know, they've got an escrow service that you can come and use now that's going to take a fair, small percentage, but allow you to protect your interests. The client can deposit their funds. The client then releases the funds when they're happy with the work that you've done, uh, and therefore you're protected. You don't have to worry about getting paid if it's something that you're concerned about. Probably not something you want to use for a $100 or $200 job, but if it's for a big gig, there you go. They're just constantly thinking of new resources, and it's an organization that really has taken stock of all of the feedback the industry has been giving over the past few years with regard to integrity, with regard to rates, with regards to, you know, not being a demo mill, not trying to take advantage of people. Uh, and, and it's one that I'm really proud to associate with. Well, that's fantastic. So are you doing most of this or are you doing it all in online and remote? Do you ever get together and, you know, have a few at the pub with you and Peter? <laughs> we have had a few at the pub. Yeah, actually, actually uh, when we do the video localization, I'm going over to their studios uh, to record that live. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to speak to their judgment with regard to putting me on camera. But, <laughs> uh, you know, hey, some I guess somebody had to make that mistake eventually. But uh, in any case, yeah, we, we, we do get to down a few pints from time to time. That's awesome. So what are the other plans for the future for JMC Demos and your, your business as a whole? To be honest with you, I think we're in a, in a place right now where it's, it's time to just uh, catch our breath a little bit. We've been, you know, the Demos brand in particular have been pretty aggressive over the past couple of years building that up. I wanted there to be, you know, another player on the scene that offered uh, just, just absolutely world-class quality where you know that you're going to get a personalized experience where every demo is going to be scripted and targeted to who you are as a talent uh, with your feedback as a part of that process and your collaboration and then targeted to what the market is currently looking for. Um, and in a, in a manner, again, you know, we talk about fairness and transparency. One of the things that I'm super proud of uh, with JMC Demos is that we offer an unconditional satisfaction guarantee or your money back. No questions asked. Uh, so there's, you know, you work with us, there's no risk. You come in the door and if any reason at the end of that process you're not happy with the demo that you have, I will refund you 100% and we won't have to talk about it again and, and I'll still have a drink with you if you want. Uh, but um, but I, I think it's important 
that, you know, demo production is such an esoteric and amorphous, that was a multisyllabic word there, um, <laughs> thing, that, that it's, it's so hard, it's, you know, it's so hard to nail down sometimes what is amazing, what is, you know, what is the standard that, you know, some people are worried when they get into uh, paying a demo producer a lot of money, and it's not cheap. If you hire somebody like me or Chuck Duran, you know, or Uncle Roy or any of the people out there or Nancy or any of the people who do really, really good work, um, you're going to pay a lot of money because we're, we're good at what we do, but on top of that, what you're paying for is the fact that we're taking time away from the other things that we do, in my case, voiceover. It's not an inexpensive uh, process, and I think it's so important that when talent go into the demo production process that they have the peace of mind of knowing that at the other end, one of two results is waiting for them, either the demo of their dreams or no financial loss. Uh, and so that's one of the things we take pride in. I think this, you know, the future, the next couple of years, um, it's simply about offering the quality service that we've set out to do. We're still going to be present at a lot of the conferences, and uh, AJ's going to be speaking at, at quite a few of them on my behalf, and I'll be attending uh, a few of them as well. Um, and we're just going to be there to support the industry as much as possible, uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. I have one related question that just came to mind as you are talking about the demos and with regard to your your new partnership with gravy for the brain have you noticed uh or are you planning on changing your approach to demos for your clients in in the european side because there's that disconnect where some european companies or or people that are hiring for voiceover jobs sort of get offended if you have something on your demo that you didn't actually do isn't there sort of a an unwritten rule that you don't put a spot on on your demo if you're a European talent if you haven't done it. Whereas in the U.S., you're showcasing maybe major brands that you just want to show you can do, whether or not you've actually done their their commercial. I think that's less of an issue in the U.K. market than it is perhaps in the continental European market. I know that comes up a lot with uh, German uh, clients and um, and French and uh, other continental clients. The U.K. market, I think, now is trending more towards what the American market does and doing demos that are created from scratch. Because, okay. look, look one, I mean, one of the reasons, Paul, I got into, into doing demo production was if I went back, you know, eight or nine years um, and listened to the demo, demos that I had then. Most of them were spots that I had done, that I had put together into a compilation. And I think you, you go back 10 years or so, most people's demos were still largely composed of work that they actually did. The demo production as an art is kind of something Chuck sort of got going, and then a lot of us kind of followed in his footsteps over the years. But if you listen to real spots, you guys all know. I mean, we, anybody who does VO knows how often it happens that we do this incredible national wild, you know, campaign, and and we're just so excited to get the audio back and put it on our website or put it on a demo, and then we get it back and we go, ugh. What did they do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I, I think that we're in an era now where a demo production team or a demo producer who understands content, who understands scripting, who is able to nail the content uh, to, to, again, feature the talent and meet the market, who obviously has the technical prowess to produce the demo to an industry standard level and the directorial prowess to do that, can put together something that is ultimately going to sound better than real work. So um, I, you know, I don't see that as an issue in the UK market, and I think over time, I would imagine that that probably the rest of the world would follow that pattern as well. Yeah, I guess it only makes sense as the skills of not only the the demo producers but also the voice talent themselves and those of us that do a little engineering on the backside 
you had, they had to take it had to go in that direction. I recently had a client where I was doing the series of medical narration for them, and they were posting on to on the YouTube channel some in excess of fifteen thousand views. Great, great for my YouTube channel, right? Great publicity. Until suddenly they got lazy and stopped putting background music behind it. So now every breath, every every pause is accentuated, and it sounds like garbage. So I had to stop using them because they're no longer a good showcase. And I thought about maybe pulling them down, adding my own music, and and doing a re-edit. But what's the point of doing that if it's work that's already been done? So it, to your point, now that everybody is sort of on board with the same process, it makes sense that it would trend in that direction. Very cool. So you're talking about earlier how you and your team try to make a lot of appearances at some of the, the voiceover cons throughout uh, the U.S. and throughout the world, actually. So, and if you've never been to an event where JMC is involved, I mean, you're like, you're a speaker, <laughs> you're an MC, you have contests at your exhibit hall booth. I mean, you're just, you're so involved in, like like I was saying, like you're you're an MC, you're, you're an active speaker at a number of the different panels, and you're also involved with a very special grant that is very close to my heart, uh, the Unicorn Grant. And for those of you who don't know, the Unicorn Grant is an award that goes out to people who uh, sort of exemplify the the giving spirit and the work ethic of the voiceover community. So um, I was very honored to be named a finalist last year, but I'll let, I'll let JMC talk a little bit more about the, the origin of the grant and how he got involved. Well, I think you summed it up pretty well. It is. It's meant. Uh, it's the VO Atlanta Unicorn Award or Grant, and it's meant to recognize one individual uh, each year who's of just genuinely exemplary character. The kind of we're, we're looking for the kind of people who give back without asking anything in return, which disqualifies most of us. <laughs> uh, you know. But uh, what we do now is we we select three finalists based on public nominations, and Sean was a very very worthy finalist last year. Um, Oh, shit. Our, yeah, uh, and uh, and actually, the, the nominations are currently open. I don't, when when is the podcast actually released? Uh, this this won't air probably till uh, first week of March, second week of March. Uh, so by by the time you hear this, the uh, the nominations will be closed. But uh, take a look at it next year. But the Unicorn Award is a um, it's something that uh, it, it's a special moment. And you know, it's funny how it came together. I'll give you guys a little bit of the backstory about how it started. Um, it literally started as AJ McKay and calling me up one day, saying, "Hey." We should do something special for Jen Henry at VO Atlanta this year. She's just helped everybody out so much. And me doing what I do, I couldn't just, you know, buy her dinner. Um, <laughs> it, it, it suddenly kind of turned into this thing. And before I know it, before we knew it, we had, you know, pretty much every, the who's who of the voiceover industry contributing something to this, uh, to this special moment, to this special award. Um, and we talked to Gerald, and Gerald agreed to, to make it part of VO Atlanta. And the first year, the idea was we were going to honor Jen, who, I, I don't know how well you guys know Jen Henry, but she's um, given a lot to a lot of people over the years in the VO industry. And again, without really asking for anything in compensation for that uh, and we just felt it was someone that we wanted to, to recognize so we created this and uh, we just the, the community in general kind of came together and agreed that she would be the first person to receive it there was no process at that point but once we did it once and, and it sort of brought the house down we decided okay this is probably going to have to become a yearly thing and we want to <laughs> we, want it, we, we want it to be this special moment at VO Atlanta where we recognize you know somebody who, who 
isn't out there out front every single day, whose face you don't see on every webinar or every conference poster, who's not trying to sell you something. Coaches are disqualified. Demo producers are disqualified. Anybody who's selling paid services to talent is not qualified for the award. Uh, so we've, again, continued to work with some incredible industry partners. I mean, I think we have uh, 30 or so people contributing again this year. All of the major coaches you can think of, all of the major demo producers for the most part that you can think of are giving coaching, they're giving demos, they're giving um, gear, they're giving, some are giving cash contributions, which we often use to get a Sweetwater gift certificate. Um, and the, the nominating process right now is ongoing. We select three finalists for the Unicorn Award, um, a founders committee consisting of myself, Ann Ganguza, Cliff Zellman, and then Jen, who was the original winner. We are the judges. Um, the nominations are open to the public. Uh, there's no fee to enter. You don't have to be attending VO Atlanta. You don't have to have any intention to come to VO Atlanta. The only stipulation is that if someone actually is nominated as one of the three finalists, uh, that they have to agree to come. We pay their airfare. We pay their hotel. We bring them in uh, and give them the whole weekend. Um, I don't think we give them a food budget yet. We should probably start doing that. Uh, <laughs> but I guess I guess I guess there's food at the conference, right? Uh, there <laughs> so is. In, a, in any case, so we pick three finalists, and uh, then whoever had the highest score among those three finalists is the person who winds up being declared the winner of the Unicorn Award. Something we're doing a little bit differently this year for those who are coming to VO Atlanta um, is that we are, uh, and this will probably irritate Sean because it's a year late, but we're, um, <laughs> sp we're, we're spreading the prize pool out a little bit more among the three finalists. Uh, what we're doing this year is we're going to, there's still going to be one winner who gets the, the uh, ceremonial unicorn statue that they keep custody of for a year and then they bring back to VO Atlanta and pass on to the next winner. Uh, but this year, out of this massive prize package, it's, it's worth about $70,000 worth of uh, wow. VO goodies. The winner, we're going to do kind of a fantasy football kind of draft after after the winner is declared. So and we won't do this live on stage. This will be done privately later. But the winner will get to choose two items from that list, and then each of the runners-up will get to choose one. Uh, then the winner gets to choose two more, and each of the other finalists get to choose one until they're all gone. Um, we've had some feedback that some people thought, okay, it'd be great if we could just give a little bit more to, to each of the runners-up as well. Uh, and I think we all agreed that would be a good thing. So that's just a little format change this year. But other than that, it's still going to look very much the same, and we will find our unicorn. We're actually uh, in the process of closing nominations in the next few days, and uh, then the judging process will begin. And the other thing I want to add before before I finish on that is it's not what's what I think makes this a little bit different than any of the other scholarships or grants or anything like that that are out there um, is that this isn't about hardship. This isn't about somebody who's struggling financially or or you know is otherwise in need. We will take that into consideration. Uh, when it comes to evaluating the submissions. But what, what this is about is character. We're looking for somebody that makes us all want to be a little bit better. And I think that in the first two years, with Jen the first year, with Susan Maisel last year, and then Sean and uh, Sean, and Sean. we had two Seans as our other finalists last year, Sean Daly and Sean Chambers. Um, Scott, we Scott found Chambers. Scott Chambers, we, yeah. Scott Chambers. <laughs> <laughs> right, Scott Chambers. Two S's. Um, but that's, that's as bad as me calling you Peter, Paul. Uh, that's, that's a tradition. There's a... <laughs> It's a tradition, but uh, in any case, we found the kind of people that that we want to uh, to really highlight and that make us want to to be better. Uh, and I think that's that's what this is all about. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for all of the hard work that you and all the other contributors do. So that basically wraps up the questions we had for you, J. Michael Collins. We're so happy you're able to join us. You you are 
a consummate talent coach and you have the look along with you and Peter to go ahead and just take over the world. So, <laughs> and we expect to see great things from you, young man. <laughs> well, thank, you. thank you, sir. And I, I appreciate the uh, limited use of excessive syllables. <laughs> well, we'll see you at Beyond Atlanta and uh, have a great rest of your, your February. See you guys there. Thanks so much for the chance to talk to everybody. So thanks so much to J. Michael Collins and again to Hugh and Peter from Gravy for the Brain. Those developments are really exciting. Now, our interviews were brought to you by IPDTL, and IPDTL is the cost-effective ISDN replacement. It's great for interviews like you just heard, outside broadcasts, voiceovers, and of course, podcasts. There's no special hardware or software required. It works anywhere with an internet connection. You can have a monthly or an annual subscription, and it runs in the Chrome web browser. And the best part is, it just works. So thanks again to IPDTL for being our sponsor. So, Sean... Exciting stuff across the pond, huh? I know. It's um like I've actually uh Hugh and Peter actually donated a Gravy for the Brain membership to me for being a Unicorn Grant recipient last year. And so I've I, I got to see firsthand all of the resources that they're offering. So if you're interested in some premium voiceover education, check out gravyforthebrain.com. And uh, it's okay that they're trying to take over the world if they're benevolent, right? Is that how we Right. <laughs> Uh, you heard in the interview with Hugh where I said uh, I was a little concerned about his designs on world domination. But mm-hmm. it's okay because Hugh, Peter, and J. Michael Collins are all respected pros, and they're all just fun to hang around with, actually. I've, I've mm-hmm. had uh, several libations with each and every one of them, and it's always been fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that pretty much wraps up this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. Coming up next, we're going to have an episode with Celia Siegel, branding expert. And following that, we'll be at Vio Atlanta. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do any content on site, but I hope to, so stay tuned for that. After that, we also have our British Invasion podcast. That's a roundtable featuring British voice talent who work in the U.S., um, and you can talk about their unique experience with that, so I'm really looking forward to that, aside from all of that just wonderful oral candy with all those British accents in the same room. I'm really looking forward to that. So... um, so we've got all of those coming up. As I mentioned before, we I uh, hope to be getting a lot of interviews and uh, videos from Emerald City Comic Con next month. So uh, stay tuned for that. Hopefully we'll be able to pepper some, uh, those, some of that audio into the podcast. So thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. I'm Sean Daly. If you've got questions, you can reach out to me at Sean, S-E-A-N, at Daly, D-A-I-L-Y, V-O.com. That's Sean at DailyVO.com. I always love answering questions from you guys. And if you guys have any uh, questions or submissions you'd like to send us for the podcast, just let us know. And I'm Paul Stefano. You can find me at www.paulstefano.com or at Paul Stefano on Twitter. I love to answer questions. I also like to eat. So if you want to hire me, look me up. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks again. Take it easy, guys, and have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. VO Meter is powered by IPDTL. <laughs> <laughs>